Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomescleen.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work for real people in real life who don't actually like cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 195, um, and I'm calling it How to Stop Shopping. Actually, no, I changed my mind. I am um, <laughs> How to Stop Cluttering. Yes, which also goes with the How to Stop Shopping when you're overwhelmed with your stuff. Okay. Um, before we get to that, though, I want to make sure you guys know it. we are in, like this is coming out during the biggest decluttering week of the entire year. So if you're new around here, you've already heard me make a mistake. So you already kind of know what you're getting into. But let me just tell you, um, for all of you, that um, my video course, the five day clutter shakedown, which I wish I would have named the five step clutter shakedown because sometimes people think they need five actual days to set aside to do it. And you don't, you can implement these strategies in five minutes if you want to. Um, anyway, the five day clutter shakedown is on sale for this week right now when this podcast is coming out December 26th through December 31st of 2018. 18. Um, it's half price, which makes it $20. The normal price is 40. Um, anyway, it makes it $20 with the code declutter mania. I'll have it in the show notes in case you're like, how do you spell that? Anyway, all one word. And, um, then if you're listening to this in January, but that one has gone, you can take off $15, making it 25 with the code new year, 19, all one word. Okay. So, um, but we're talking about how to stop cluttering. Because cluttering is the bringing in of stuff. Now, the reality is that as long as you're living, you're probably going to be bringing in some stuff. I mean, you know, especially when you have kids, right? Because kids are, I mean, it's shocking how quickly they move from one phase to the next you know, as you get a little bit older, as the kids get older, it goes, you know, they don't quite go from stage to stage, but y'all know when, especially when they're toddlers, I mean, the perfect toy now in six months, well, they've outgrown it, you know, or the perfect clothes, obviously. Um, but as long as you're living, there is going to be stuff coming into your home. And so that's going to be a constant process of decluttering. However, to achieve the actual equilibrium is that the right word? I don't know. Anyway, to achieve this actual like maintainable, this, my house is under my clutter threshold, which I have another podcast on that. But if that is my goal, then there has to be a slowing down. If clutter is your problem, if you've been living over your clutter threshold, then there has to be a slowing down and ultimate, hopefully stopping of the actual cluttering. And so let me talk about the difference between bringing stuff in because life happens and the natural process of having to declutter that eventually um, versus bringing stuff in that is putting me over my clutter threshold. Again, my clutter threshold, I'll just say it real quick, is um, the point at which I have more stuff than I can keep under control. So it's different for every single person. Everybody has their own clutter threshold. It's not how much I prefer in my house. It's how much I can actually keep under control. And so you find that through decluttering. Well, 
if shopping is a habit, if bargain hunting is a habit, if dumpster diving is a habit or whatever, and you can bring stuff in and yet your house continually stays under control, then I'm, that's not who I'm talking about. Okay. Although most of us listening to this. Yeah. Anyway, but if you are bringing stuff in and going, why is my house so bananas? I've got to get organized someday. It's most likely because you're bringing in more and it's putting you farther and farther above, higher and higher above your clutter threshold. Okay. Which means your house is just harder to maintain. Anyway, so that's cluttering as opposed to just normal life bringing stuff in is bringing things in that put me over my clutter threshold and, you know, make me make it even harder and harder for my house to maintain. Um, things that you might bring in. I mean, this is all hypothetical, right? Completely. Um, you know, stuff for the future. Stuff that was a good deal right now that won't I be glad I already have this. Oh my goodness. That's my story. That's my personal. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, something I, I think I'm going to need later, something that so-and-so might like. So I'm going to go ahead and buy it. Um, it, all of those things, um, are, are, are good things to think about, but if it is a personal problem for you and you are at this point where you are desperate enough to listen to a podcast called the slob comes clean, I mean, well, let's just be honest. It's called a slob comes clean. You know, if you're listening, it's, you're ready to make some changes. And so, addressing the reality that cluttering is happening is really important. Okay. So how do you stop the cluttering? For me personally, it was hitting rock bottom. I mean, you know, I hit rock bottom. I started a blog called a slob comes clean, which means that all my pride was gone at that point. Um, it was anonymous. I didn't tell anybody I was doing it, but I started that out of being at rock bottom and knowing I have got to get stuff out of my house. And I did tell myself I needed to start shopping. I'm sorry, stop shopping. And and for me, it was garage sales. That was my addiction. Okay. Bargain hunting, garage sales, um, thrift stores, that kind of stuff, but mostly garage sales. So, so that I, I knew I needed to stop it and hitting rock bottom is what helped me do that. But what has helped me maintain that is creating an aversion to stuff that I know is going to turn into clutter. So that's what I'm going to talk about today because, um, you know, I always want the cold turkey moment to happen, right? You know, I mean like habits, good habits, really hard for me to create bad habits, really hard for me to stop, but boy, I can create them quickly. Um, but you know, if I'm, if I'm trying to break a habit, I often, I wish for the cold turkey moment. Maybe if I read this article, then that's going to click in my brain and I will never do this thing again that I, you know, so I was always looking for the cold turkey moment when, um, my house was a mess. It was like, okay, what can, you know, I need this lightning bolt to hit my, hit me, hit my brain, whatever. And, change how I do things and change how I think and, and make me not, you know, drop my clothes on the floor without realizing what I just did or, um, which that sounds kind of bad, but anyway, um, but you know, all of those things, all that mentality was really, um, important. I mean, that, that was what I was looking for. I was looking for my cold Turkey moment. So 
when that wouldn't happen, sometimes I think, well, there's no hope. Well, so how can you create this aversion to bringing stuff in to actually change in your brain so that it's not a continual struggle? Because that's the goal, right? That's why I want a, con- a cold turkey moment because I don't want to go through this struggle. Is this always going to be a huge struggle to not bring tons of stuff into my house? You know, is it always going to be this painful to drive right by the neon sign for that garage sale in that neighborhood that always has good stuff? You know, I mean, is it always going to be this painful? And the goal in the reason that we want a cold turkey moment is because we don't want it to be so painful. Is it always going to be this painful? Because I'm not sure I can resist this pain forever. You know, so how do you create that aversion? And that's what we're talking about today. Okay. Um, before we do that though, oh, and I'll just give you the spoiler alert. Decluttering changed it, changed how I saw the stuff and changed my affinity for cluttering. Okay. But let's talk about our new sponsor who is ModCloth. I had a chance to order from their site and I'm just going to say, I am beyond in love with the two things that I got. One is arguably the most comfortable top I've ever had in my entire life. And I love the way it looks. Um, I totally, I don't know if y'all do this, but I totally found myself trying to predict who I was going to see so I could justify wearing it three days in a row. (laughs) Okay. Just kidding. I didn't do that. Okay. I totally did. Anyway. Um, I also replaced a black knit maxi dress that, um, I decluttered a while back and I missed terribly. So the old one was faded. The neck was a little bit wonky. And so I was like, okay, I've got to get rid of this, but I had missed having it because I needed a black knit maxi dress. Cause there were certain like full outfits that I had the other pieces for that I liked wearing, um, the black knit maxi dress. So anyway, I replaced that one. And this new one is so comfortable and flattering and it's just way better than the faded one ever was even before it was faded. Anyway, there are so many choices on the site from vintage styles to super modern, but here's the thing I loved. Okay. As someone who is a very different shape from most clothing models, I love that every item I looked at had photos of two different models of two different sizes wearing it. Okay. Mod cloth believes fashion should celebrate all women. That's why they offer a full range of sizes from extra, extra small to four X same clothes, but they show it on the two different sizes of models. So it gives me a much better idea of, cause you know, I mean, I, I tend to go, well, that's not going to look like that on me. But then I see the other model and I go, oh, okay, yeah, that's how that would look. And it has a different look, but it gives me the idea of how it would look on me. Um, If you have a question about fit, their team of mod stylists can hook you up with complimentary sizing and styling help, okay? To get 15% off of your purchase of $100 or more, go to modcloth.com and enter code CLEAN at checkout. This offer is valid for one-time use only and expires on March 3rd, 2019. Again, to get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more, go to modcloth.com, M-O-D-C-L-O-T-H.com and enter code CLEAN at checkout. The offer is valid, one-time use only and expires on 3-3-19. Okay. Um, all right. So 
if you're not quite sure what I mean by aversion, well, let me just tell you a little story. And I'm a little hesitant to tell you this because you're going to go, oh, I've made that recipe before. And no, I don't want to anymore. Um, so I made a recipe uh, when I did a series years ago about um, picnic foods for the ball games. You know, like, because we are town has um, baseball games in the evenings in the spring. And so we would spend every night at the ball fields. And so I was uh, always trying to come up with picnic foods, things that we could transport there. So I made this recipe and honestly, it was one of our favorites. I'm pretty sure I made it several times, but it was like this, these sub rolls, um, and chicken and bacon and ranch dressing or something like that. So, I mean, it was simple, but it was really, you know, it's kind of a leveled up sandwich. Anyway, we loved them. They're so good. I have this picture. It's one of my better pictures. Anyway, I, um, we ate them at the ballpark one night. And then later that night, our family was hit with the stomach virus that had been going around town. I am confident that it was not the actual sandwiches fault because we had eaten them before, obviously, but, um, my daughter didn't get sick and she had a sandwich and, um, it was like a thing that was going around. Like it it was really bad, like kid, tons of kids out of school and everything, but it was honestly the worst stomach virus I've ever had in my entire life. I mean, so bad. Like my daughter didn't even go to school the next day because we couldn't take her. Like it was that bad. You know, I mean, normally it's like, okay, I can run you real quick. She was the one who wasn't sick and she had to stay home because nobody could take her. Cause we were, I mean, like laying on anyway, the thought of that sandwich now, I'm like, mm, can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do that sandwich. I mean, it really, as much as I remember loving it as much as I logically think, Oh, I would be able, I, I yeah, it would, it would taste good. And every, I'm just like, I can't do it. I can't even those sub rolls that we used to use for lots of different stuff. I haven't bought them since then. Cause I'm like, mm, that just makes me think of that night. So that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about an aversion is I used to, and I still could logically go, well, you know, maybe I could handle this. And I could still go through that whole like decision process, but I don't have to anymore, not on everything. Okay. But on so many things, I now have the gut feeling that I wish I had over Christmas tree cakes <laughs> and I don't anyway, but I'm, I'm just saying like creating that type of feeling is what we're talking about here. So how did I stop the shopping habit? How did I stop the cluttering habit of my home? Well, I started decluttering. Um, I cannot create that instantaneous aversion, the cold turkey moment, but decluttering absolutely did that with stuff for me. So, I mean, I'm telling you, I do not have the urge to go to garage sales every once in a while my daughter and I will have a special day. And I'm saying it's probably been a year and a half since we've even done this. But every once in a while, I'll be like, let's go to some garage sales. Okay. But I don't have the urge. I don't have to stop and um, say, okay, you're going to be fine. 
Danny, you're going to be fine. You don't need anything. Look around. Let's have a moment and really think about all the things I have. And I don't No, I don't like, it's not even a desire for me anymore. And when I use, if you're not a garage sale person, just for some reference, when I was a garage sale person, I was the person who mapped out my route on Saturday morning. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't map out my route on Saturday morning. That's for amateurs. No, I did it the night before. Um, as in like a map, an actual map. This was before internet was quite so um, accessible on phones and things. Anyway, but I mapped things out. I prioritized which sale I was going to go to first. Um, I, I mean, it, it was... It was an obsession and I would wake up thinking about the sales that had been advertised for the next morning and I would wake up um, worried that I was going to not get up in time and um, I would get to their, the garage sales that started at seven before seven o'clock. Anyway, I know it, it really, that that's how obsessed I was. And so changing that is what I'm talking about, you know, so maybe for you, it's not that maybe it's that it's become a habit that, um, you know, when you finish work at this time and you're supposed to go to some sort of, you know, you get off work at five 30 and you're supposed to, um, be at a certain recurring meeting at seven, you always stop by, um, the mall, you know, or whatever it is. I mean, there's, there's some sort of different thing that maybe for you personally is your reason why you're consistently cluttering. Um, so by decluttering, that's how I was able to change it. So what, how does that actually work? Well, first of all, as I started decluttering, I experienced my house looking better and functioning better. Okay. So I think the, the thing to come back to here is the experience, the actual experience, instead of just listening to me talk about it or reading my books, which you should totally do, or taking the five-day clutter shakedown, or envisioning what your home could actually be like. And I wonder what my house could, I wonder how much easier my life would be. I wonder what my house could look like if I got all this clutter out of here. Instead, go through decluttering. And as I decluttered, my house looked better and my house functioned better. And that produced endorphins. I don't know if it's endorphins or whatever. It produced yay, good feelings, like actual happy heart feelings. It produced those in me and probably similar to whatever icky, awful stomach feelings that we felt and how that really did affect us and how I associate things, um, you know, with that chicken sandwich. Now I, you know, that same, those happy feelings in my house was like, oh, my house is looking and functioning better. And so I'm consistently getting these happy feelings from having less stuff in my house. And the consistency of those happy feelings from having less stuff in my house every time I didn't trip over something in the middle of the night, which was kind of a novelty for a really long time to not trip. You know, every time um, the doorbell rings and I'm not freaked out, which I'm still freaked out sometimes, I'll just be honest. But every time, you know, the plumbing is messed up and I don't have to freak out over the fact that, oh my word, I've got to let a plumber into my house or whatever. Every time those good things happened, every time I realized, wow, I was able to pick this room up so much more quickly because I didn't have random piles of stuff to have to deal with. Those good feelings made 
things look different to me. It, it's like it changed how I saw that stuff coming in because I've enjoyed the good feelings of having less stuff and having an easier to maintain home. And so as I see something that's potentially going to come into my house, I'm like, oh, but I really like having less stuff. And that becomes my natural reaction. Doesn't happen cold turkey, but it does happen over time of experiencing that on a regular basis. It starts to become who, how my brain works. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, along with that, um, I started to value empty space. You know, that is one of the things that I did not know I would like because I had really always just filled up any space that I had. You know, any space I had was a place for stuff because I was constantly bringing stuff in and I never had enough room. So if there was an open space, stuff got put in it. And so I didn't really know what it was like to enjoy open space. I didn't know that when I went to someone else's house and there wasn't a ton of stuff everywhere and I went, how's their house feel so nice and calm? I didn't know it was the open space, that that's what was going on, that the fact that they had open spaces and they could move around easily and if something happens, um, you know, something spills, they can just move that piece of furniture without having to move everything on top of it first and then everything to the side. So there's room to move it, you know, all that kind of stuff. Open space became its own thing that I treasured as opposed to just the potential and the future possibilities of this item that I might bring in my house. And as I started to actually see the value in open space, then that just completely affected my view of these items that I potentially was going to bring into my house. It's like, oh, that is such a cool item, but it's going to take up space, which was something I never, ever, ever considered before. So that open space issue is a really, really major issue. Okay. Um, before we get into the number one helpful thing, that I have done. Um, let me talk about our other sponsor. Okay. So Christmas just happened and this is like family get together time. As my extended family gathers at this time of year, the stories fly around the rooms. I love hearing the stories and always find myself hoping I'm going to remember them all. Like I'll go over them in my head, like, Oh yeah, that's right. I need to tell my kids that if they weren't in the room when it was told or whatever. Um, for those of us who are lovers of memories, we all are, right? Uh, this spot, all of us here. Uh, yeah, that's part of our problem. Anyway, um, our sponsor this week provides an amazing service and allows us to collect the memories and not the stuff. StoryWorth makes it easy and fun for your loved ones to share their stories with weekly emailed story prompts, questions you've never thought to even ask. At the end of the year, they'll get their stories bound in a beautiful hardcover book strengthen your family bonds and get to love, get to know your loved one in a whole new way. I gave a subscription to my dad because in those rooms with all those stories flying around, he's listening. He's not like saying, I got a story like some of us do anyway. Um, so I want to hear his stories and I'm really, really excited about that. Um, okay. So here's how it works. 
purchase a, purchase a subscription for someone you love, and each week StoryWorth sends them an email with a question about their life. They simply reply to this email with their story, or they can record it over the phone by calling the StoryWorth number. All stories are private and only shared with family that you choose. After a year, their stories will be bound into a beautiful keepsake book. Connect with your family. It's a great way to stay in touch, help bridge geographic distance by providing lively discussion topics. Okay. Um, and this is a great thing that doesn't take up a lot of space to pass on to future generations. Um, save and edit all your stories on storyworth.com for $20 off. Visit storyworth.com slash clean. When you subscribe again, that's for $20, $20 off. Visit storyworth.com slash clean. When you subscribe. Okay. So what is the number one thing that has helped create an aversion to bringing new stuff into my house? Through decluttering and experiencing the pain of purging things, I once enjoyed purchasing. Okay. So the chicken sandwich story was... I mean, that, that pain and that memory of this real severe moment of being completely miserable changed how I viewed this item. The actual pain of purging something is the main thing that helps me view things differently when I am bringing stuff into my home. Okay. And, and sometimes that's a good thing to remember as you're like, I don't feel like decluttering. It's going to be painful, not necessarily physical pain, but like, even though the physical pain sometimes is real, but you know, the emotional pain, the dreading of having to go through those emotions as you purge things, it'd be so much nicer just to be in denial, except that I didn't like my house when I was in that state. Okay. So looking at this stuff and saying, yes, it's going to be painful, but it's, even though the pain is going to be worth it for the decluttered space, there's another use for that pain. That pain is the thing that then makes similar things look different to me in the store. You know, I've told this story. Um, I always tell it when I speak, I think I'm sure I've told it here too, but you know, it used to be that, um, when my kids would, I'd pick my kids up from Sunday school and they would hand them the little papers or whatever. I'd be like, Oh, Oh, there's extras. Sure. We'll take those because what if my daughter wants to, um, like teach her stuff to animals, the Sunday school lesson. And wouldn't that be so cute if she could pass out papers to them too. I was thinking along those lines, because that's what I always wished I had as a kid was like real papers to actually pass out and pretend like I was teaching or whatever. Anyway, um, as I decluttered, as I tackled all those stacks and stacks of paper that had been in my home, um, as I experienced the, are you kidding me? Why do we have 12 of this paper? What in the world? Or every time I, you know, cleaned out the, my car, the bottom of my, um, floorboards and found all this junk that I didn't need all of that stuff. Um, as I would do that, it would change my view. And so we got to the point with my kids where, you know, I would go pick them up and their teacher would try to hand them even just the one paper, you know, like everybody gets. And my kids would say, no, 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 no. My mom, my mom won't let me take papers. 
you know, because I was like, I'm sorry, you guys never, you, you know, I know from experience now that it's just going to end up in the bottom of the car, you know, so I'm just not even going to take it. And it changed how I viewed that stuff. And I've seen it in my kids, you know, we've gotten rid of so much stuff that my daughter, especially, you know, will be doing something. She's like, eh, yeah, I feel like I want it, but I'm pretty sure that's just going to be clutter. <laughs> she amazes me anyway. So different than I was at her age. I'm going to take a tiny bit of credit, but I think also part of it's just her anyway, but that's just reality as the actual pain that I experience as I get rid of things that I once had big dreams for that I once had the thrill of, Oh my word, I cannot believe that this miniature suitcase that's not actually, you know, big enough to hold anything, but it's super duper cute. I cannot believe that this miniature suitcase is only 25 cents. This is amazing. You know, that was all I thought about when I found that miniature suitcase. And so I paid my 25 cents. I hauled it home and it ended up in a pile somewhere because I didn't really have a place for a miniature suitcase. And my house was so cluttered that just having it as a display, it kind of disappeared within the clutter or whatever. That purging that and having the memory of how excited I was and then being so irritated with myself because now it had sat in my house doing absolutely nothing except being clutter for four years or whatever it was. This is all completely hypothetical. Um, but as I would do that kind of stuff, as I experienced that, what is wrong with me? Oh my word. Or, oh my goodness, I never even used this. And now we're past that stage of life with our kid's age or, oh my goodness, I bought this for, um, you know, when my kid was going to be three and old enough to do such and such, and now they're seven and it's too little for them. I mean, all those things are things I experienced as I did that kind of stuff. Then when I would be presented with an opportunity to bring something else into my house that used to would have brought the same feeling of, Oh my goodness, I can't believe this is 25 cents or, Oh my goodness, this would be so great for them in two years or whatever. It changed how I viewed it. And my gut reaction, which that's what we're going for with the desire for cold turkey, right? My gut reaction was, "Mm." and I could then think through it, but it's so helpful to have that gut reaction toward things of, oh good. Okay. Yeah. Nope. Don't even have a desire. Don't even have to fight the desire because the gut reaction is there. Okay. I don't have to go, man, I need to really not eat that chicken sandwich with bacon. I'm like, I have no desire to eat that thing. Okay. It was a good sandwich, y'all. I'm sorry. It was a really good sandwich. And I kind of am like, oh, that would have been a nice thing to have in our repertoire of food, but we can't eat it because it grosses me out. Anyway, but just because of what I experienced in the past. So that is, that's the goal is to come up with, I mean, that that's our goal is to change my gut reaction to things so that I can stop this habit of bringing stuff into my house. Okay. And that's the thing, you know, yes, absolutely. If, if you need to, you know, if you get off work at five and you have a meeting at seven at this place, and that's just your habit to run to the mall. Um, Sure. I mean, come up with a different habit. Ask a friend to meet you for, for coffee when you have those meetings or, you know, whatever, that's fine. But even more effective 
is to actually change my reaction to that stuff. And so that whenever I end up in those situations that I can't help it, I still don't have the desire to just fall right back into it. Okay. And the best way to change my desire to bring stuff into my house is by getting stuff out of my house and going through that experience of experiencing how much better my house looks and feels experiencing open space and how much I like that, but also experiencing the pain of purging things that are basically, even though it's a different item that I may be shopping for, the feeling is the same. And that's probably that feeling. If I was going to get all psychological, which I'm not a psychologist, but if I was going to, my guess is it's that feeling that is the actual reason why people, why we you know, I'm not saying other people, uh, but why people find it so hard to stop shopping or bargain hunting or whatever it is. It's that feeling that you're getting from it. It's the treasure hunt. It's all that. So it's the feeling that needs to be, um, changed. So, okay. All right. Um, this has been fun. I am going to, um, oh, I just want to remind you, I know this is your first one, welcome. This is basically what you get. But anyway, um, I do want to just remind you about the five day clutter shakedown. Um, again, that, um, that is on sale this week for half off and then $15 off for the month of January. And, um, I think you're going to like it. And there's a link to, there's a link within the course once you get it to get to, um, the Facebook group. It's not a secret one, like the Patreon community. That one is a secret ongoing thing. The one for five day clutter shakedown is a limited time, probably just through January, um, where we really focus and you'll be able to do things. So that group is not secret, but it is closed right? Okay. So the people in the group will be able to see, but, um, it won't be in your normal. Um, like if you post something in a picture in there, it won't be in your normal newsfeed for your mother-in-law to see. But anyway, um, if you're interested in being part of our Patreon community to support the show and also to get invited into the kindred spirits group where you have a lot more, like you can personally post and things, um, then, uh, go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. Okay. I will talk to you guys later. Happy decluttering. Bye.